Hi, this is Noga from Rio de Janeiro. I I hear a lot of people tell me that they look to a specific person as the expert in whatever subject they'd like to talk about at that time. I think it's time for me to really talk about my expertise. My expertise is a balance between physical health and emotional health. I specialize in exercise psychology or health motivation. Why health motivation? Because a lot of people are not motivated, emotionally driven to take on behaviors which are good for these sort of more deductive results, namely health. That was my thinking when I originally went for it. And you'll, whoa, there's a big weight that just got, came on, uh, came on deck. Um, okay, what do I talk about this? The thing that I am talking about is actually my area of expertise. Right now, we have a huge emphasis, at least in the United States, on these very easy to define outcomes, which are more deductive, namely physical health, wellness. And the work that I've done is introducing the much more much more difficult, much less well-defined sort of holistic component. As a human, I think we can all agree that we're able to cognate, think, and emote, feel. And there is a holistic stem from that pertaining to our well-being. And actually, our bodies and our brains are linked via the neck our entire brain is is sort of innervated with emotional drives for those more deductive things. We have the, I could talk about it, but I won't. What I'm talking about when it comes to our response to COVID is that we focus altogether too much on the deductive outcomes, the numbers, just like a baseball game, what are our statistics of spread? It is uninformative to know about the spread in the exact same way that it's uninformative to know about the spread of the cold. The cold is very minor. The spread of a more severe thing like cancer. The spread of cancer is not great. But what's more informative is the spread of fatality from those diseases. That is the only thing that humans can deductively try to control. There are a number of other components that we can leverage in order to improve the outcomes, improve the quality of life. In the meantime, while a person might be subjected to whatever that disease may be, and the scare, the scare. I look at almost all of my American colleagues and they are scared out of their minds. As a result, they're staying inside, they're imprisoning themselves, 
like they did something wrong by breathing? I don't think so. We have to look at the full picture. We need to recognize that there is more than one component to our well-being, to our ability to thrive and get over whatever things might be a problem for us physically. And it's really darn cool that there are so many different levers. It's also overwhelming to think, wow, I don't 100% know how to control, how these levers might control that external outcome. I challenge you. I know of a number of different diseases for which our deductive reasoning also doesn't have a good definitive outcome. Pretty good statistical outcomes, maybe, but especially when it comes to COVID, we have, number one, no idea how to treat it. Number two, no idea how to prevent it. Number three, no idea how to get over it. Is it worth it to scare yourself silly, to sacrifice that entire component of your well-being, your livelihood. Let me ask you something that I think we can all agree on. Is there any way on earth, science or emotionally, to get back the time we wasted scaring ourselves silly? I think we all know. That answer is no. It's time to stop wasting our time by wasting our livelihood. I hope for you the most joyous of days today. Today is my sister's birthday. It's a joyous day for me. I hope it's a joyous day for you. Signing off, this is Nova from Rio de Janeiro. Hi, this is Nova in Rio de Janeiro. I don't usually publish a podcast on the weekend, but I just saw this pretty disturbing, I guess, post on LinkedIn. And they're talking now about reopening the country, which is, I mean, that's great. Um... But with what indicator, with what reason for doing so, they're they're discussing the indicator that it can be reopened is that the number of discovered cases is decreasing. What why would the number of cases decrease? Is it suddenly less contagious? Or is it because we're imprisoned? And if we're imprisoned, maybe that's the reason that the number of cases has decreased. And if we open the country, then the number of cases would again increase. Or would we stop measuring people getting it? And would we start attributing people getting pneumonia and dying to the very same thing that we did before, recognizing that when older 
or immunocompromised people get pneumonia, they typically die. I wonder, I, I didn't know this until recently, but I wonder if it's common knowledge that most people who are older or immuno and or immunocompromised die in the hospital, not from their diseases, but from pneumonia. And COVID causes pneumonia. Do do people know that? I anyway, how is it that the number of cases of those detected would decrease? And how is it that that number decreasing would be an indicator that we can now breathe on each other? <laughs> like without without contagion, like why would that be an indication that the disease is less contagious? It 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 isn't. It, it this is very suspicious. So suddenly, all all doors were closed, and we all had to be shackled and grounded for doing nothing wrong. And then suddenly they're like, okay, your punishment is over. You you obeyed. There's a problem. Let, let's back up. Okay, so we've all seen the movie about the the dude who's abusive to the chick, whatever. And, oh, I know, Eminem. Eminem has a song about being abusive to his girlfriend. And uh, he, he talks about the, like, how he would scratch, claw, hit her, I don't know. And he's like, man, I can't believe I'm so strong, whatever. And then he's like, I know, next time I'll tire to the bed and set the house on fire. The thing is, when it comes to abuse, it starts with an expression of their power over you. And this is an expression of their power over you. That's a problem. That's abusive. Especially if the the kind of logic that's being used is circular and has no end point. And then they choose arbitrarily when that end point should be. Kind of like an abuser. Okay, ma'am, you've you've done your punishment. You can get out of jail now. When when they set jail times, it's not like there's a rhyme or a reason. And actually, I don't know that for sure. But even still, I mean, aside from that, what what crime? What crime did you prisoners to commit? Tell me, were you breathing too hard? Were you sneezing on one another? I definitely have had somebody sneeze on me before. Actually, I have a friend who's a teacher and started hating 
teaching children why because a child decided to sneeze in his face. I don't much care for that either. The punishment is about to be over arbitrarily. Now, who remembers that Trump said that they would they would end the punishment by the end of April? <laughs> Looks like they're on track for doing that. So you've served your punishment. You've been a good, obedient little boy or girl. And soon you'll be let out of jail. But don't forget, it can be done again. And that's the problem. You were subservient. And asking you shall receive. If you show that you are vulnerable to this without even putting up any amount of fight, you will get more of the same. And I don't know what it'll look like next time. But this is frightening. This is such an expression of control. Signing off. Yoga. No